Welcome to the Refresh Her podcast. My name is Denise Cunningham, and on this podcast targeted for women, I long to encourage you in your heart, your home, and your life. Let's open the scriptures and be refreshed by the truth from God's Word. We started a series last time about the power of a woman's words. I read statistics that say that the average person spends one fifth of their life talking. If all of our words were put into print, they say that the results would be this. A single day's words would fill a 50-page book. And in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 books, each book containing 200 pages. Among all those words, there are bound to be some words that are spoken in anger, in carelessness, or in haste. The last time we got together and began the series about the power of a woman's words, we opened to Proverbs chapter 7, and we learned that the first two principles is that her words were words of flattery, and she had words that were at a loud volume. She was very loud when she spoke. So we talked about the importance of speaking genuine, uplifting compliments to our husband, things that are sincere from our hearts, and then also watching the volume of our voice to be soft and that of a meek and quiet spirit. But let's go on in Proverbs chapter 7 and see how the strange woman uses flattery and other words to be able to ensnare the man that she is trying to catch. Verse 13 says, So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. So when we read those verses right there, we see that she is brazen, or she is bold. The scripture says that she has an impudent face when she was speaking. That just simply means that she was being brazen or ill-mannered. It was spoken with a sense of arrogant defiance. Even the expression on her face when she spoke made her message clear. She let her man know what she was wanting by what she said and also the expression on her face with an impudent face. She was brazen and bold. You and I as women need to be careful how we look at a man that is not our husband. Our facial expression speaks. Body language speaks. So a couple of precautionary things that we need to think about when we're talking to a man that is not our husband is don't keep his gaze. When he looks over at you, you can look, but then you look away. Look down. Don't keep his gaze. Your eyes speak a message. And then don't be bold with your facial expression. I think we all understand what that looks like. We've seen women use that kind of expression. But on the other hand, I want to encourage us about being aware of the expression that we use on our face when we are addressing our husband. 
In his book, Love and Respect, Emerson Egrich wrote this, Right or wrong, men interpret their world through the respect grid, and a wife's softened tone and facial expressions can do more for her marriage than she can imagine. Did you catch that? That a soft tone and a proper face expression when my husband is talking to me or when I am talking to him can do more for our marriage than we can even imagine. So we need to be aware of the expression on our face when we're talking to our spouse. Is my expression pleasant? Am I smiling as he's talking to me? Am I scowling? Words can be so much sweeter when they're said with a soft volume and a pleasant expression on the face. What about when he's talking to us? What kind of expression are we wearing? Are we rolling our eyes? Are we smirking? Are we smiling? Are we nodding our head? I don't know about you, but I have to ask the Lord to help me to be aware, to be really conscious of what my face is saying to my husband when he is talking to me. It's so important. So the expression on our face can give a message. And whether we are bold or yet we are meek and mild to a man that is not our husband, but toward our husband, we need to make sure that even our expression when we are talking, will convey the correct message to him. Let's hear what she says next. She says, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have paid my vows. Here we learn that she sounds religious, doesn't she? She's she's paid her offerings, her peace offering. She's paid her vows. We can note here that she isn't a godly woman, but she sounds religious. One commentator said that she dared not play the harlot with a man until she had played the hypocrite with God and stopped the mouth of her conscience with her fellowship offerings. She thought, well, you know, I can uh, give this little offering and it'll kind of cover up for what I'm getting ready to do here. Even speaking about her peace offerings that she had at home was telling this man that she had something. She had good food at home for his entertainment. She had used that for her peace offering. And now she's saying, I have the best at home. The peace offerings were the the best entertainment. Leviticus 22.21 says, And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a freewill offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. So she's prepared this peace offering, and she's got this food at home, and she's telling him, I have this food prepared. You know, that's even a reminder to me that we, as wives, we should be preparing good food and encouraging our husbands with the fact that when he gets home, there will be a meal prepared This strange woman is telling this man that, but she's sounding religious. She's not godly. She's only sounding like a religious person. If you and I are true, 
children of the Lord, if we are true Christians, born again, then our words and our life are going to line up. One will not contradict the other. And you and I cannot use grace as an excuse to sin. She's saying, oh, I'll give this offering and I'll kind of cover up what I'm getting ready to do. Romans 6 Verses 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The grace that saved us isn't to be exercised to allow us to continue in our sin. We're supposed to be dead to that sin now. So we don't sin and just think grace is going to cover it. But the words to our spouse should be biblical words, not just flowery little speeches that have religious sounds to them. But we should be using biblical words to encourage our husband, not just merely sounding religious. What could you and I say that would be biblical words that could encourage our spouse? What about just sharing what God has spoken to us from his word that day or or that week? something that you've been meditating on. And you could just say, honey, this truth has just really helped me this week, and I just wanted to tell you about it. You could leave a a passage of Scripture on his desk or on the steering wheel or in his dresser drawer, pack it in his suitcase if he's traveling away from home. Leave a, a Scripture passage that will encourage his heart, that will help him to think God's thoughts. How about just asking him how you can pray for him today? And then maybe also just saying, can I just pray for you before you leave or before you preach or before we separate for the day? Pray for him. Remind him of God's promises when he is discouraged. Our words might comfort him. We might say, honey, I believe in you. I know that God's going to use you, but let's use God's words. You can do all things through Christ who will strengthen you. Use God's words to encourage him, and then just encouraging him to follow God's leading in your family, letting him know that however he feels the Lord is directing him and your family, that you are supporting him and encourage him in that area. So we need to determine the expressions on our face towards other men, what they would be. We need to walk a life that is pure and Just refrain from using religious jargon, if you will. Jargon that is sin against a holy God. We need to use words that are sincere, biblical words to encourage our husband. A wife's words can go a long way in encouraging her spouse. And even, you know, by using facial expression that is positive and joyful, By using our words that would point our husband to Christ, we can help rather than hinder our relationship with our husband. As we live a pure life that we're reminded about, even in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, it says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. You know, those three words there just remind me that we need to be unspotted from the world, that we don't let that kind of speech come out of our mouth, that we are going to be grounded 
We're going to be steadfast and secure in our walk with God, and then that will be fleshed out in our life. And then to be sincere in our relationship with the Lord and in our speech. Oh, that we would use our words in a way that would just be a blessing to our husband. We see the negative effect, but let's you and I use the words in a positive way to encourage and to uplift the man that God has given to us by a right expression and then also using godly biblical speech that will encourage him. Lord, I thank you for the blessed gift that we have to be able to communicate through speech and even through facial expression, body language. Lord, I pray for the ladies that are listening today that you would allow them to be aware of how they are using their voices to encourage their husband, how they're using their facial expression to support, to encourage, and not to defeat or to discourage them. Lord, help us to honor you as we use our words in our homes today. And Lord, may you be glorified in everything that we do and everything that we say. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Be sure to check out the show notes for links that are relatable to the episode that you just heard. Why not share this episode with someone else that you know who needs to be refreshed?